0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at colomunda.church. As a club, we're here as the people of God, and Father, we don't come just to hear another sermon or a few words for another Sunday, but we're here to meet with you. So I pray now, Lord, that we would open our hearts and our lives to be moulded this morning, to be more like you. We thank you for your, your Holy Spirit that is here, that we're going to be talking about today. I thank you that you're here, Holy Spirit. Would you come be the teacher, be the preacher, be the words of knowledge that we need, be the healer, be everything that you need to be in this place this morning as we give you freedom to move. And everyone with faith said... Amen. Thank you, worship team. That was fantastic. Who enjoyed that? It's a, it's a joyful thing to give God glory, isn't it? It's like it's, we, we're doing it for him. It's all about him, but you can't help but feel sort of satisfied and replenished yourself in worship. It's a wonderful thing. Well, if I haven't met you, my name's Brad, and it's a real privilege to be here for a second time and to share with you um, so thanks for the opportunity, and I've been praying for you as a church and praying for us as a family and just praying for whatever that, that God, not for whatever, that God's uh, whatever, God's whatever, that God's leading would really be clear and, um, in, in the future. And I just, just a privilege to come and share with you, and um, I want to share this morning uh, about the topic that, that Tim gave me to share about, which is uh, the Holy Spirit. I believe you're starting today, or Tim kicked it off last week, talking a bit about so the Holy Spirit and um, and so I'm looking forward to doing that this morning. The Holy Spirit. For those that didn't before, I gave a bit of an introduction to myself last time that married to Skye. We've been married 18 years, and it's the, I won't say that joke again, but the um, best 18 years of Skye's life. <laughs> Not really. Um, and we've got three kids. Um, we have settled into the Perth Hills over the last sort of five years up in uh, the Parkerville, Gidgeganup area, and we were pastoring at parkerville church there for uh just under four, about four and a half years in an associate role part-time and also sheep shearing so i'm a sheep shearer so uh and now i've been doing back doing that full-time for the last sort of four or so months since finishing up in our role at parky sensing god telling us just to stop and wait on him to see what was next but who knows, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, if you live for Jesus, every day is an assignment from heaven. And so, yeah, so I've been sheep shearing and just waiting on the Lord and then uh, saw and kept a, a, in touch, so to speak, of watching your guys' journey as a church, mainly from a distance called Online, and uh, watching your journey. And, and um, that led us to pray. And then the prayer led to put in an application and and to test the waters and to see what God will do. So that's sort of where we're at, and just really content in what God's will is, and and again, a pleasure to be with you to talk about the Holy Spirit. Tim, can you help me out and throw me uh, some of my props up this morning, because we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. There's one, wait for me to, I'll put that one there, and here's another one. Two basketballs here this morning, and... um, for those listening online that can't understand at the moment what's going on, I'm just holding two basketballs in my hand. They are both the same size basketball. They're both made... Well, actually, one's a bit bigger, by looks it. but anyway, they're made out of the same material. And on the exterior, you would just say they're both exactly the same. And, uh, and we're going to do a little science a science test this morning, just to see how these basketballs go, even though they look the same, how they go when they come up against opposition. Because who knows, when you come up against opposition in your life, or adversity, or a challenge, it will tell you what is on the inside of you. Adversity introduces you to yourself, and when introduced, sometimes I don't like who I meet when I go through a hard time. Like these balls are about to meet the uh, stage, we're going to see how they go. Here we, are you ready? It's exciting, you know, it? it's a real, so this is like, this is really profound. You've got to be really clever to understand what's going to happen this morning. Here we go. Right, so one, notice one ball, they look the same, but this ball here, is uh, obviously still got something inside it, but it just doesn't come back. Whereas well, this ball has got something inside it, you know, something on the inside that's greater than what's on the outside, that, that it bounces back this morning. You may be here this morning and you, you look okay on the outside, but I want to talk to you about God's will for you to have the Holy Spirit totally possessing you on the inside of you. Because who knows that greater is the air that lives in this ball than the things that come up against it in the world. But you notice when you've got nothing on the inside of you that can come up against the things in this world, and this is very true, you get stuck to what you come up against. You get stuck there. When you're flat on the inside and not filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll get attached and stuck to your problems. You'll get attached to your adversity in a way that that defines you and that's where you're stuck. But if you've got a resurrection spirit on the inside of you that can bounce back from a grave, that can bounce back from any adversity, you'll discover that on the inside of you is the Holy Spirit of God. So I want to talk to you this morning about introducing you to my best friend, First name Holy, second name Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Spirit. We're going to do a bit of teaching and a bit of preaching this morning. We're going to go to a scripture, which really is the title of my sermon, which is called The Advantage. And the scripture is in John 16, verse 7. Before we go there, John chapter 14 through to about 17 in the gospel of John are great chapters for you to learn and discover all about the Holy Spirit. In those chapters, Jesus is preparing his people For the Holy Spirit to come. Because Jesus and God, we serve a God that wants you prepared. He wanted them to know what was going to happen. He wanted them to be prepared for when he would leave them. And so he's preparing them in these chapters. And we're going to bounce around and we're going to land on a a verse that Tim emailed me to focus on, which is going to be where we land. But John 16 verse 7 says this, Jesus speaking said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. And I tell you, Jesus always tells you the truth. He says, it is to your advantage. Someone say advantage. The word advantage means it's not fair. The word advantage means you've got a head start. The word advantage means that you are on the winning side and it's just not a fair fight or a fair race. He says, it's to your advantage, Jesus said, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, talking of the Holy Spirit, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus is preparing his followers that don't really understand it at the time. And you can't blame them like we sort of, we read it backwards and we understand he's going to go to the cross. He's going to pay for the sin of the world as we've celebrated this morning. He's going to die a brutal death on a crucifixion, on a cross. He's going to rise from the dead three days later. He's going to ascend to the Father and sit down at the right hand of God because when a priest has fully done his work, he sits down. There's nothing left to do. It is finished. And the great high priest sits down at the right hand of God. And then he's going to send the Holy Spirit. When he is glorified, he has to be glorified before the Holy Spirit can be sent because the spirit that we need is not a spirit of death or crucifixion, not even a spirit of resurrection. It's a spirit that is glorified on the inside of you. A spirit just like Jesus. So he's explaining it to him. He's saying, but guess what? I want you to know something. It's to your advantage that I go. Now, if that was you and me sitting with Jesus, we'd be like, hold up. Come on. Like, you're with us all the time. Like, you, we talk to you. We get your advice. You're, 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 but he's saying something very profound. No, it's actually to your advantage because, yes, I'm with you physically. But I am confined and limited by this human body. Jesus had to sleep. Jesus had to eat, Jesus had to rest, Jesus had to be sought out, go and find where he is physically. So he's saying, it's actually to your advantage that I go, because the whole plan of the gospel is not that you believe a story about me, but it's rather that you, I get, you get my presence in you. The whole point of the gospel is not to believe in a story, it is to meet a person, and Jesus is saying, it's to your advantage because when I go, the Holy Spirit will not be limited by time and space. He won't be limited by people. He won't be limited by a human body. But my whole plan is like in, when Adam and Eve had my presence with them, my whole plan is to get my presence back to you. The only thing that's hindering my presence in your life is this thing called sin. And I'm going to deal with that. But that, here's the thing. The cross and the resurrection is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the party. It's just the start. The gospel starts with an empty tomb because Jesus had one desire to walk out of that tomb so he could walk into your life for real on the inside of you. This is not a religion, is it? This is a relationship with the living God, 24-7. So we're going to say, who is this Holy Spirit? The question, who, it's a great question, who is the Holy Spirit? I want to tell you this morning, he is your divine advantage in life. Next slide, he is everything you need. Someone, a great preacher once said this. He said, the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited, Jesus without limits. I thought that was a great thought, that Jesus without limits. But I'll go to my first point on the next slide, is that the key thing to understand that the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not a feeling. He's not a goose bump we get. The Holy Spirit is not like electricity. The Holy Spirit is a person. And that's foundational to understand the work of him in your life. Really foundational. Notice that Jesus said, "When I will send him to you. When he, the helper, comes. Jesus was making it very clear that he, he is not air inside of a basketball. <laughs> he is a person. The Holy Spirit, what sort of person is he? He is the third member of the Trinity. I grew up in a church where I thought that sometimes you could be, I love my church, I'm not bagging any churches here, just remember this goes online, everyone will be hearing. But no, some churches we grew up in, you you could rightly be mistaken for thinking the Trinity was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Oh, okay, maybe not this church, that's good, because the real trinity, the real trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I never heard about him. He was never really talked about when I grew up. So I just thought Christianity was a history lesson that we believed, and we just secured our, our, our seat in heaven for when we die, and we just live life now, just to see what happens. But no, I tell you what, when I was about 18 or 19, I discovered the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, and it totally changed everything. Why? Because he is as much God as God the Father. He is as much God as God the Son. His divinity is the same. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the sort of uh, attention that we should think about giving Him. God the Holy Spirit. Yes, one God. So I'm not saying there are three gods. There are not three gods. We could go into a whole sermon on the Trinity and really bend our mind over and backwards at the moment. But uh, when God gives you that revelation, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. He will quicken the Word of God into your life, so it's a revelation. See, information that becomes revelation with the Holy Spirit leads to transformation in our life. And that's why we're here this morning. Not to hear Brad's wisdom, because I don't have very much. But I tell you what, I've got a teacher on the inside of me called Holy Spirit. And I'm trusting in him to bring revelation, so it brings transformation in our lives. Amen? So he is a distinct but he is God. So the Holy Spirit, therefore, if he's a person, has a personality, ality, personality. And you think, well, what is that personality like? Well, it is exactly like Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that he can be, uh, I won't go there for time, but in First Thessalonians 5.19, you can quench the person of the Holy Spirit. The word quench means to cut the flow off, to kink the hose so it stops running. And and sometimes we can quench him when we don't allow him to freely move in our life. Ephesians tells us we can not only quench him, we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And in Ephesians, it tells us that some of the things that do that that are anger, malice, bitterness, rage, that that there are things that that make him sad because it grieves his work in in our life. He is a person. He is just like Jesus. I think the next scripture is on the screen, which says that, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate, the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. And the next scripture? A, yeah, I like this thought. Is that? And I remember when I went to Bible college, I remember this was a real key thing for me, understanding that in the epistles, as, the, as we go through, the, when Paul talked about the Holy Spirit, he, he talked about the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ. Listen to this scripture. It says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed, catch this, the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. It's the same spirit. Do so, You know, Jesus put it this way. Jesus said to people, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And Jesus is saying, if you want to see the Holy Spirit, see me. So when we read, that's why it's so important to keep your mind renewed into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just to reading the Gospels. And don't you love Bible apps these days? You can listen to it. You can get it anyway. But as you read the life of Christ in you, it'll line up with the Holy Spirit's work in your life. The Holy Spirit will never contradict Jesus. But he'll always be in unity with Jesus. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one but distinct and unique in their work. So we're going to land on this scripture, one verse that we're going to land on this one here, which is John 15, 26 to 27. Because at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is a God. He is a person. He's the spirit of Christ. But a number one he is absolutely essential for our life. He's not a negotiable. It's not like, oh, I've become a Christian now. I'm born again. I wonder if I should, you need, we need the Holy Spirit. It's not like, oh, maybe, should I just... No, we need desperately every day the Holy Spirit. So let's look at John 15, 26. It says this, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified because it says it really, really good. It says, but when the Helper, meaning the Holy Spirit, and notice what that one word Helper is, it's, a, it's in the Greek, it is parakletos, the Paraclete. When the Paraclete comes, which means the two, two words with Paraclete in the Greek is one called alongside to help. One to come alongside to help, but it means so much more than just help. This is what it means. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. When that person, just like Jesus, my spirit comes, whom I will send you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me, about Jesus. He's, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus. The Holy Spirit is already at work in people's lives that don't even know Jesus yet because he draws them to the Father. He does a work in them. As the Father draws them, the Holy Spirit is working. He's around them. And then he works in us to regenerate us. It says in verse 27, but you will testify also and be my witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. He's saying the Holy Spirit will testify of me, but don't worry, you're going to testify. Your life is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that you'll testify of me. So, who is the Holy Spirit, this Paracletus? Who is the one on the inside? Well, let me go through a couple of points for you. Here we go. You ready? You ready to receive this? Because oh, this really did help me. Number one, the Holy Spirit is your comforter. Comforter. A great point is that Jesus knew that as he was going away, his disciples would be filled with a sense of loss, a sense of grief a sense of what's going on. This isn't how it was meant to play out. And as they would experience discomfort, Jesus wanted them to know that the Holy Spirit is a spirit that comforts. He is a great comfort in a world of great discomfort. This is why Jesus also taught them and he said, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans not going to leave you alone. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is our comforter? I don't know about you. I need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he lives on the inside of me. And he has that ability, divine ability, to comfort you in all of your troubles in life. I remember one way he, he comforts us is to come and be closer than a brother, as the Bible tells. it. sticks closer than a brother. That's the type of friend he is. I remember when I, I went through a, a significant burnout about 10 years ago in my life. And as I was bur- burnt out and I had to just step out of work for a little while and just to, just to heal and, and, to, and to recover. And I was in a really not in a good place at this time. And I remember I just couldn't sleep and sleeping was become very discomforting. I remember one night, the night that I had this significant anxiety burnout and I was just a wreck. And I remember sitting there with my Bible just on my chest, just trying to sleep, saying, God, help me. And I remember I went into like a little, uh, I was asleep, but I was awake. You know, one of them things was almost like some sort of a vision. And as I I went in, just coming straight down on my eyes was a, a Bible verse, a scripture. And I didn't know what it was off by heart or anything like that. So I remember waking up out of it and just going to the Bible and reading the scripture, and it said, "It said," is the scripture where Jesus said, "Don't fear." I know how many hairs are on your head. I count your hairs for fun. That's how much I love you. It doesn't say it like that. That's Brad's version. But I just went out, and that was the Holy Spirit bringing comfort, going, it's okay, I'm with you. I'll never, never leave you, never, never forsake you. When you go through hard times, you need his comfort on the inside of you, and he is a great comforter. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians verses uh, 1 to 5, it's all about the God of comfort. But verse 5, 5 says, for just as we... Share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. So also our comfort, catch this, our comfort abounds through Christ. And then it says, if we are distressed, the next verse, which isn't on there, but that's okay. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And it says in verse seven, and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in sufferings, yes, sufferings are true, so also you share in our comfort. We need that comfort, not just for ourselves, but we need it to flow through us to other people. The Holy Spirit is in you so he can leak out of you and that comfort should go to others. The second thing this, uh, the Bible says about the, the Holy Spirit is that he is our advocate. He's our advocate. Uh, That's a great word, isn't it, Advocate? Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit is like a lawyer or a person who argues for you, recommends, supports you, takes on your cause and puts your case forward. And he does it on your behalf. He fights for you. My translation is the Holy Spirit has gone into bat for you. He loves you that much. He is your great advocate. I mean, we all need someone great on our side. Who better to know know who's on your side than Almighty God, His Spirit. Is on your side, for you, not against you. I remember when I was uh, playing for the mighty Muckaboon and and Rams football club about 20 years ago, and I was—we uh, were making—we won the grand final that year, and I was about 17. And I remember, I was not the biggest guy, as you can tell, on the footy field. And I remember we were getting into a serious final, and uh, I got into this sort of uh, position in this play where, you know, I was in a pack, and the ball had sort of. Moved away from the pack, but the pack was still there, and I just had this great opportunity to do something really dirty and kick the opposition sort of in, in the head almost, the shoulder head area, and being, I wasn't normally a dirty player, but I thought, these are our arch rivals. I can't stand this team, and I just gave him this like karate kick sort of thing, and he's a lot bigger than me, and he didn't like it. And I remember getting out of the pack and standing up and he's just looking at me and he's coming at me and I'm like, I'm glad I'm a Christian today because this is it, it's all over. And just as he's coming to me, true story, coming to me, and I'm getting the last rights and everything, and I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? I had started a fight that I could not finish. And as he's coming towards me, one of our recruits who we pay, we get paid players out in the wheat belt to come because we haven't got enough locals at times. This paid player who'd actually played some AFL and was huge comes bursting from the side in the corner of my eye and just flattens this guy, just takes him out. And I'm there like, I started a fight. I couldn't finish, but I'm still standing. Yeah, and I'm like, he finished the fight for me nothing ever they didn't bother me and that's what it is to have the great advocate you can't fight for yourself he fights for you he fights through you he is with you and he's on your side and you're not in a fair fight you have an advantage so when the enemy comes at you with words of condemnation with words of accusation you sit back and you smile and you let him say all he wants because the Holy Spirit is just waiting to bring the word of truth. Yes, though you were dead in your trespasses and sins, who, yeah, you were far from God, but God who is rich in mercy, filthy rich in mercy and grace has made you alive in Christ. And the Holy Spirit will bring these words to remembrance so that you can experience him fighting for you. He is on your side this morning and it is really, really good news, amen? Amen. The third thing about the Holy Spirit we see in this scripture about the paraclete is he is a counselor, a counselor. Uh, uh, Going back to my story about when I went through that burnout, the first thing I did was um, book in to see a counselor and I I went and saw a counselor and I um, never went back. I left more messed up than I went in. Now I'm all for counselling, so I just don't believe in paying for bad ones anymore. So it was a really bad experience for me, and I left messed up. So what I did, I booked into another one, but this other one was different. This counsellor uh, was free. That <laughs> was really good. Didn't cost anything, and um, I, I'd go daily, so I'd see him every single day. And um, and he was always available. I didn't even have to make an appointment. He was always ready there. And, and uh, you should check him out because he's got more room for more people. His name's Holy, second name Spirit. And he's the counselor. And I just realized through this hard adversity I went through, I've got to lean into his counsel that this is, he's on the inside of me. I have a counselor in me. And yes, we should get professional help when we need it. I'm, I'm, my wife will tell you, I'm very much often in need of professional help. But we need that help of the Holy Spirit to counsel us. And as I started to really lean in on that and every day, start the day, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Make your word come alive to me. That's why reading the Bible is really boring if you don't know the Holy Spirit. He's the one that quickens it to you and it becomes food for your soul. He's the one. And he's the counselor. You know, I last year employed for six months, and I'm still in a bit of a process, a ministry coach. And this coach is in America, and he's, uh, it's an online coaching six-month thing, and you pay for it. And, and it's been brilliant because I've got access to somebody who's been in ministry 20 years longer than me, uh, been, uh, been there and done it and written books about how he did it and all that sort of thing. And he's just been able to spend every month a, a, an hour coaching session. Uh, online, and we just go through and unpack challenges that I'm going. It's just been fantastic. But I thought, imagine having that 24-7. Imagine having Jesus with you 24-7 to tell you every decision you should make, to tell you things that you should look out for, to tell you what the stock market's going to do, I don't know, tell you everything you need to know. And you're like, well, we do. We actually have that. That's why I, I feel for churches that don't embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. It is criminal, I believe, not to have him as uh, the counsellor of our church, the leader and the guide of our church to counsel us in all our ways. He's the one. We need to honour him and give him place. And if we don't, we're just going off our wisdom. So he is your personal, personal coach in life that you need. It says this, Jesus, John 16:12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will, he will speak what he hears. And, sorry. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Is that personal? That is so cool. Um, I remember when I was sheep shearing years ago, and it was 2004. We'd been married a year. And I just felt this call to go to Bible college that I needed to go and study. And I was standing out in the sheep pens with my dad and uh, I I sort of had a conversation with dad about it back then and he's sort of like, well, how much money do you make at Bible college? (laughs) I said, yeah, I'm probably going to have to stop shearing. That means i lose a worker. He wasn't real happy about that bit. But he wasn't real sold out on the idea. He is now, but he wasn't real sold. And he says, no, I said, well, maybe I just do part-time, but I, I really feel this call to go to Bible college. And I thought, you know, I need God to confirm this. And I remember praying and saying, Lord, I really need an answer and I need a quick, if you don't mind, please. <laughs> and um, the next morning I woke up and guess what my daily reading was? It was this exact verse that next day was when Jesus called some fishermen and the Bible said they left their father and his hired workmen. Could not get, okay, you leave your father because we employed a team. He was the boss. He had other hired workmen. And so I applied for Bible college. You know, that changed the trajectory of my life forever. That decision, which was from the counselor, from the counsel of the Holy Spirit, because the more you get into the word of God, the more stuff he's got to counsel you with and to lead you with. So maybe you're at a time right now where you've got to make some decisions. And the Bible is not clear on exactly who you should marry. Not clear on who you should do, but, it, but it will, the counselor will get in there and help you and counsel you and guide you. Maybe you don't know about business decisions. He will counsel you and guide you. Look in um, the church in Antioch in Acts 13 verse 2. It says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. What? I remember reading that for the first time. The Holy Spirit said? He speaks. And he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. What about when Philip led that Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord in Acts chapter 8 and led him to the Lord, a very changed the trajectory of his life and nation. It says the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Just notice the language there, the Spirit told. So in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for a certain uh, time and place for a certain thing. It would come upon Samson. It'd be upon people for a work. Now in the New Testament, he is in you permanently. He can't leave you. He's never going to leave you. You might walk into into a sinful environment. He's with you. He's in you. He never leaves you. And he wants to lead you and guide you with his great counsel. Is this making sense? And I've got one more point. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. He's our comforter. This is who he is. Who is the whole? This is him. And much more, by the way, this is only a short sermon on really who he is. But lastly, he is our strengthener. I missed a couple there, like intercessor and them, but I'm going to focus on this one to finish. He is our strengthener. He is our power source. He is what you need. When the Holy Spirit, um, you know, Jesus never expected you to do this thing called life in your own strength, in your own power. And I'm sure sitting in this room, there are many people that have faced and maybe are facing now challenges that are beyond your strength. The good news is, it's okay. You qualify for the Holy Spirit. We all need him. We, we are gonna go through life and Jesus wanted his disciples to know that, man, you, you're gonna need my power. That's why Jesus said to them, he says, look, I'm going back to the Father and you're gonna, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, but here's a really important thing I need you to do. Nothing until you receive him. He said, wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait in Jerusalem till the promise from on high comes. The Holy Spirit, because He's going to endure you with power. But please, whatever you do, don't start any churches yet. Don't start any ministries. Don't start any preaching. Don't start any programs. Do nothing until you get the Holy Spirit. Because if it's in your strength, it's doomed to fail. But if you wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll be my strength and it is doomed to succeed. Amen. Come on, I believe I'm sitting among, amongst people that believe the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to empower you for the next season of your life. It's going to strengthen you and it's going to be a testimony of not how good you are, but how great God is. Amen. And he said, wait. So 120 people are gathered in the upper room. They sort of dwindled because there, was, there should have been about 500, but some obviously didn't want to wait. I won't say that, anyway, I was going to say denomination, which one they were, but they're not, that would be mean, Uh, so they're waiting, 120 in the upper room, and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit, and on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes, and he fills the place, and fills the believers, and they started to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance, and on that day, 3,000 people came to the church, came to know Jesus, got saved, why, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, spirit and it needs to be that in our life that we don't move a step forward without saying holy spirit you empower this step holy spirit you lead this step holy spirit i need your power and strength then you know my life verse is this that last verse this next one probably won't be my last one but it's we're honing in on it Acts chapter 1 verse 8 my life verse says but you will receive power that word in is dunamis You will receive dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. (laughs) We're going to blow some stuff up for Jesus. Not like that, not badly, and good stuff. You're not a weapon of mass destruction. You're a weapon of mass creation for the kingdom of God in this area to create his kingdom, his will, his agenda. He says, but you will receive dynamite-like power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. What is the power of the Holy Spirit for? Not just to speak in tongues or to, not just for the gifts, not just for that. It is to be a difference maker. It is to be an influencer. It is to be a witness, to be able to stand up and boldly say, I don't care what my friends think about me at school. I don't care what my work colleagues think. I don't care what other people say about me. I care what Jesus says about me. I've got boldness to witness because of a power called the Holy Spirit. That's when you know someone's full of the Spirit that their power is from him. And it says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I remember when I was sheep shearing all them years ago and I was filled with the spirit of God. And I remember saying to God, I wanna, I wanna do something great for you. I wanna be a preacher or something. That's why I'm gonna book it. I wanna do something great for you. And God said straight back, not out loud in my heart, he said, Brad, if you can't live for me here in this shearing shed right now, you'll never do it anywhere else because it starts in Jerusalem. It doesn't start, I love the saying, you know, a missionary is not someone who crosses the sea, it's someone who's seen the cross and crosses the street and impacts their life every day. That's, we're all called to be that, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget when I was volunteering at a little old church. They said, you, you can preach your first sermon. I was so excited. I'm going to preach a sermon. I can still remember it. And and uh, the guy who was shaking hands at the door, who'd been doing it pretty much all his life, just about fell over when the shearing team all walked in with their tats and everything, and like, what the heck is going on here? We've seen revival. <laughs> they never came back, but... Um, <laughs> but that's okay. They heard the gospel loud and clear <laughs> that day. And you know, that I just it, it starts where you're at. The power of the Holy Spirit starts in your marriage, starts with your family, starts with our parenting, starts with our kids, starts with our, our closest thing. You know, that, that's the number one ministry that you have. And, you, and our ministries won't outperform that publicly. It's the private ministry that really counts. And that's where the Holy Spirit is at work. Who we are when no one is watching is who we really, really are. And the Holy Spirit wants to get into them spaces and places and transform you to become more and more like Jesus he's not calling you to be perfect he's calling you to be open and available his ability will flow through you when you give him your avail avail your ability to him when you're available to the holy spirit of God and we see that in the life of Peter as um, the guy that I love Peter because you know he denied Jesus he failed he messed up And before he had the Holy Spirit, he denied even knowing Jesus three times. Three times. And then when he had the Holy Spirit, for every time, a thousand people got saved. Three thousand. It's like the difference in his life was so profound. And if you want the worship team want to come back up, they can. I'm going to close out at this point and I want to pray. But um, I want to finish by challenging us, really, about where you're at with this. How is it in your heart this morning? Where are you at with your relationship with the Holy Spirit? It's not just information that I've given you. It's a relationship and it's something to be really excited about, to be captivated with, that the Holy Spirit is God here in this place. I remember, like I said, I didn't know this stuff growing up. I just didn't, we never really heard about the Holy Spirit. He was like the forgotten member of the Trinity. And I remember walking into a youth meeting at about 19 and uh, started to discover something different in this room god is in this place these people talk about the holy spirit and i remember staying there and they just said to me read the book of acts brad and i started to read the book of acts and i started to get this yearning for more there's got to be more it was like that steak knife thing but wait there's more Come on, there's gotta be more. This can't be all there is to Christianity, just believing something and tr- and struggling and having failure and just, just being a wreck, and just being, just I look like the world, live like the world. There's gotta be more. And I remember they, at a service, they said, look, if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to come and fill you for that power in your life, we're gonna do a altar call, they said, and you're gonna come to the front. And man, I was so hungry. I thought, I better get down there quick because everyone's going this morning. I could see them flooding to the altars in my head. I was the only one. 500 people. I was the only one at the front of this joint. And uh, this guy started to pray for me. He did a few weird things like blew on me and stuff. I I I was a bit like, okay, whatever floats your boat. I just want the Holy Spirit But I tell you what, just that step of faith and I started praying the prayer, Holy Spirit every day, fill me every day. See, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's comparing being drunk with wine, being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it's continually be filled, be filled, be filled. It's not just this once-off thing. It can happen again and again. And it's not about, do I have him or don't, am I flat? You know, he's in there. He's in you. The definition of filling, in my my understanding of the Scriptures, is influence. If I was to breathalyze you on the way out to see how much the Holy Spirit influences you this morning, would you blow over or under? Would you be intoxicated or would you be stone-cold sober? full of yourself or were you to get a test yeah, I'm full of the Holy Spirit how do you know because there's love joy peace patience goodness gentleness kind it's flowing out of my life I have a heart for the lost I've got a boldness to witness I'm not, not uh, ashamed of Jesus I want to encourage you to start praying that prayer if you've never prayed that start saying Holy Spirit fill me fill me fill me and it's not, not like I've got to get feel, is, it, is it there yet am I overflowing yet just just be open to him all day. He's in you already. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He wants control. So the question I leave with you is this. You may have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have you? Does he have you this morning? I wonder if you would bow and close your eyes with me. I'm going to pray a blessing and a challenge over us this morning. Father, we thank you that That everything in our life, Lord, we don't want it to be by might nor by power, but by your Spirit. Thank you for the promise, Lord, that you've already poured him out. (laughs) He's already been given, that all we need to do is receive. The free gift, the greatest gift, better than all the gifts, is the the gift, the giver of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for people here this morning that are getting that yearning in their heart, that hunger to say, you know what, I I don't sense that, closeness that fellowship of the holy spirit that brad's talking about and i pray for that person that they'll start praying bold prayers prayers that say holy spirit fill me friends get your friends with you and say holy lay hands on me and say holy spirit fill me maybe after the service this morning you want to come down the front when this music is finished and i'm sure there's people that would love to pray for you and i'm happy to hang around and pray for people and just say holy spirit fill me again it's It's the great blessing and privilege we have of being empowered by him. Father, I just pray for us this morning that for for us, Lord, that we would know the comfort of your Holy Spirit. For people that needed that word this morning, you would be their comfort. Lord, for the the advocacy that you give us, that we never forget greater is he in us than he that is in the world. Father, for the counsel some people that need that counsel this morning, Holy Spirit, counsel them. And strengthen us always, Lord, as that is our mission. We will never see the world won without that power and strength of the Holy Spirit. So light a fire in our hearts. And even as we sing this next song, I challenge you, just to surrender to the Lord as we sing this song. Surrender to the Lord. Give Him all your heart. And even in your imperfections, say, Lord, I can't. I'm struggling. I can't do this. And watch the Holy Spirit meet you in that space. I love you, He says. I love you. I love you. I never left you. I'll never leave you. I'm the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thanks, worship team.